return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Be able to worship together, be able to hear his word together, amen. And it's something that I don't take for granted, you know, I don't want to take for granted that we get a meet. And we get to do some of the things, have some of the freedoms that we have as far as um, Christianity in this in this uh, country. You know, because you look at some of these countries around the sanctuary, and some of these countries don't have those same freedoms. China, always in a battle with religious freedom. Iran, you know, um, other countries, Pakistan, you know, all those these these countries that don't have those religious freedoms. So I just thank the Lord. I hope you do too, that we can do what we can do here in the United States. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, just real quick, uh, we have a giving station in the back if you'd like to give. Uh, also have baskets in the back. Um, we have, Father, we just thank you that all honor and all glory goes to you tonight. We thank you that in everything that we do, we can, we can praise you and honor you in all of our actions and all of our words and and all of the um, awesome responsibilities that we have at our jobs, at our school, Lord, in our relationships, that we can honor you with all that we have, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So today I want to talk a little bit about, tonight, our Father's best. And, you know, that God has good plans for you, amen. He hasn't planned a bad day for you, hallelujah. And He has... You know, there's there's good and there's better and there's best. Well, he has the best for you, amen. And think about what God's best is for you. What is what is God's best for me? What does he want every day for me? Amen. And and we all want the best from God and he wants us to have the best as well. And it seems pretty general, okay, the best. There's really not a you know, I'm not talking giving a specific, but I want to just talk about some things that will help us get what God wants us to get out of life. Amen. And every single day, what He wants us to get out of life. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11-13. It says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being, and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear your voice, and I will listen to you. Then with a deep longing you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. So we see in the beginning part of these, of these verses that his thoughts and plans are for peace and for well-being for us. Amen. And not for disaster. Hallelujah. He said that he gives us a future and he gives us a hope. In the New Testament, when we talk about hope, a lot of times it's followed by the hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ, the hope of of Jesus coming back to us. That's a lot of times when you see the word hope in the New Testament, in some of the the letters that Paul writes, he's talking about the hope of Jesus' return. Amen. 
And so he has a good, for, for, for his people, he has a good, good future and a hope. And when I've, said, I've said before, too, that that word hope doesn't mean that we're just wishing for something to happen. We don't, we don't just wish that Jesus would come back or we don't just, you know, so everybody, so many people are superstitious nowadays with, you know, some people rub a rabbit's foot or something like that. Like, oh, I hope he comes back and I'm, I'm rubbing it to try to get him to come back. No, it's a confident, this hope means a confident expectation, amen, that Jesus is coming back. And so he's given us a confident expectation of a good future, amen? amen? And then it says, you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you, amen? And, and you know, this is under the old covenant. He's talking about under the old covenant right, covenant right here. Well, in the New Testament, we live under a, a better covenant, amen? So if it says that, he call, that we call on him and he comes and we'll come and pray to him, and he hears our voice and he'll listen to you, then we have that and even more. Amen. In the New Testament, the Bible says, um, when we ask, you know, we receive. When we knock, the door will be open to us. When we seek, we will find. Amen. And so we have a responsibility in this relationship, amen, to reach out to him so that he can reach out to us. The Bible says that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Amen. So we have an awesome relationship with the Lord. Then with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. Amen. I, I think about throughout the day so many times where, you know, when is my mind always fixed on the Lord? Well, to be completely honest, probably not every single moment of every single day is my mind just on the Lord. You know, sometimes my mind is, maybe I'm a little anxious about something. Sometimes, you know, and those are things that as a Christian in my, in my spiritual walk that I work on every single day. But it says, with a deep longing, we seek him and require him as a vital necessity. You know what? Jesus is more vital than water, than food, amen, than anything else that we think we need. We need Jesus more, amen? And it says, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I love how the scriptures that are inspired by God gives these um, absolutes, Amen. It's all or nothing. You know, there's a lot of times in the New Testament where it's, his grace isn't just um, enough, but it's more than enough. Amen. Um, we don't just, he doesn't just give just, just to fill our cup, but he gives it good measure and he gives it pressed down. He gives it shaken together. He gives it running over. Amen. He's a God of more. He's a God of more than we could even ask or think. Amen. And that's a good thing. You know, sometimes it feels like when we ask of God, it's like, well, this is, I feel like I'm kind of selfish. Well, you remember Jesus, when he was praying um, in John, he prayed for himself first. And then he prayed for his disciples and he prayed for all believers. So when we ask something of the Lord, it's not selfish, it's biblical. Amen. When we ask for a need to be met or we ask for a family member to come to Jesus. Amen. The devil will say, well, why are you being so selfish? There's all these other people out there that don't know him. Why are you being so selfish? Well, it's not selfish. It's scriptural. It's biblical. Amen. Pastor Dave was just talking about today, about your family as your first ministry. Amen. And so it's not selfish to, to require of the Lord, amen, to seek him as a vital necessity. 
and to find him for things that we need. Hallelujah. And our God made the gospel easy. Amen. He, what he wants for you isn't complex. He wants the Bible. Jesus likes simplicity. Amen. Second Corinthians eleven three says, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And think of back in Genesis when the serpent tried to deceive Eve. What did, what did God say to Adam and Eve? He said, of all the trees of the, of the garden you can eat, except you can't eat of this one tree, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what did Satan do? He made her think about different things. Did he really say that? that you can't eat of any tree of the garden. He convoluted the conversation. And that's what Satan tries to do in our lives. He wants to make it complex. Amen. He wants to, make our, he wants to try to make our walk with the Lord complex, our relationship with Jesus, more than just loving him and him loving us. Right? But we know that, that there's a simplicity that is in Christ. Amen. We, we can have a simplicity in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And then think about just when God, he made the heavens and the earth, and, he, and for six days he was creating, and he rested on the seventh day. I always loved this, that after that, what was God's job? What did God do? He didn't have dominion over the land, right? He gave that to Adam. He didn't start naming all the animals. No, he gave that job to Adam. He didn't tend the garden. Adam's job was to tend the garden. I really believe that God's job, if you want to call it that, was to have a good relationship with mankind. Because it says, even when Adam and Eve sinned, it said that they hid themselves when they saw the Lord, when they heard the Lord walking in the cool of the day in the garden. Amen. And that's what the Lord wants to do with you. He wants to walk with you in the cool of the day. Amen. He wants to have that relationship with you where He can just walk and talk with you and see how your day's been. Amen. He wants to see what your successes, he wants to know about what your successes were. And he knows all these things, but it's something, there's something about conversation with the Lord in our quiet time. Amen. He might know these things. He might know, he knows our wants and our needs and he knows our ups and our downs. But when we can say and we can tell, we can tell him as a friend and as a father, Lord, I'm going through this. I know you're bigger than this, but I'm going through this. Or, Lord, today's been a great day. This and this and this has happened. Or, you know, we can even say, Lord, I know your word says that, that this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you for helping me through this day. Maybe it was a little bit of a tougher day. But he wants that relationship with us. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then even when you, again, when you read in verses 12 and 11 in Jeremiah, it's all about conversing with the Lord. It's all about longing for the Lord, amen, relying on Him. When we enter into that relationship with Jesus, amen, we're allowing Him to take care of us, amen, and we're allowing Him to provide for us. I think a lot of times, um, even Christians, we, we have our job, we have our, our steady source of income, and, it's, and yeah, and Pastor was talking about it this morning again, that's one of the ways He provides for us practically, amen, but it's easy to take God out of the equation and just say, I'm working, I'm making money, all this is coming to me, this is my source. Amen. It's easy to do that. It's easy to say, well, I don't need anything else, this is my source. Amen. 
And then we want to get to a point, hallelujah, where we want to be, where we can be content even if our main source of income leaves us. Amen. We want to be able to trust the Lord even if we don't have that steady flow. Amen. And praise the Lord, He is faithful. Amen. And so I just, I, I just believe that He doesn't have plans for you to lose a source of income. Amen. But He does want us to trust Him. Amen. He wants us to rely on Him. He wants us to long for Him. Amen. He wants to give us His best, but we have to receive it. We have to want His best. We, want, we have to want the glory of the Lord. Amen? Amen? And we receive it, hallelujah, by imitating Him. And one of the things that, that Jesus did when He was on, on the earth was He loved people. Amen? He had compassion on people. I think it's so important to, to receive from the Lord is to love people and to love Him. Amen? That's what, he's, that's what he's called us to do. That's what the Great Commission, when we go out and to preach the gospel, that's the reason behind it, amen, is because we love God and we love the people that we're, that we're ministering to. Amen. And uh, unconditional love is one of the greatest gifts we can give and it's one of the greatest gifts that we can receive. Amen. When we get a gift from the Lord, it's always done in unconditional love, whatever he gives us. And if we don't have love, all that we do is for nothing. Let's look at 1 Corinthians Corinthians 13, where it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I have given my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Amen. So love's pretty important. Loving people and having love in our, in our heart is really important. Amen. Because everything else that we do for the Lord, or, or, or do, you know, if we prophesy, if we know everything about the, all the mysteries and how we have all the knowledge and we have all the faith that you could have, amen, so we could remove mountains, and if we give everything we have to charity, if we give everything we have to feed to the, feed to the poor, even if we, it says even if we are martyred for him, but we, but we don't have love, what's the profit in it? Amen? Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. Now, let's notice in verse 17 that that in order to do 18 through 19, it says that we have to be rooted and grounded in love. Amen. But that we comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ was past his knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So I look at these verses and I think, okay, to be filled with all the fullness of God, to get everything out of what God wants me to get out of this life, I have to be rooted and I have to be grounded in love. Amen. And what does that mean? Every single day, even if it doesn't feel like it, loving people. Amen. Even if it doesn't feel like it, being kind to the unthankful, to the evil, to whoever you come in contact with, your sphere of influence. Amen. The people that you see every single day. And I know it's hard when you see somebody every single day to stay in love sometimes. Maybe it's at a job or maybe it's in your home or whatever. But the Bible has commissioned us to do that. Amen. It's con- the Bible has commissioned us to love people.
That word fullness means that there's no room for anything else. Amen. That we may be filled with all the fullness of God. It'd be like going to um, a hotel and, and wanting to get a room, but it's all booked. Every single room is filled. That's the fullness. Amen. He wants to have every single area of our life filled with Him. Amen. Another thing that we want to do to receive His best is to run to Him in times of need and in times of plenty. Amen. Luke fifteen twenty two. The Father said to His servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on Him and put a ring on His hand and sandals on His feet. Notice in, the, in that story, the prodigal son, the prodigal son had everything that he could have wanted. Amen. He, was, he, was in, he had plenty. He, what did he do? He still went to his father, yeah, to get all of his inheritance and run away. But he still went to his father in, when he had plenty. And then when he had nothing, amen, he said, I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to go back and I'm going to plead with him to make me like one of his servants. And what did the father do? It said that, he, it's like he didn't even hear him say, let me be like one of your servants, I have sinned against you. The first thing he did was, he said, bring out the best robe and put it on him. I mean, the Lord, had, again, the Lord wants the best, the best of the best for you. I mean, he put a ring on his hand and a sandals on his feet. When the prodigal son came back, he didn't, the father didn't just give him the second best robe. I mean, he didn't just take, he didn't say, you know, hey, servant, give me your, give me your robe so I can put it on my son. No, what did he do? He gave him the best robe. Amen. He gave him the fatted calf. He didn't just give him a regular calf. Amen. He didn't just say, well, let's just, you know, he'll probably leave again here soon anyway, so let's just give him a regular calf. We'll save the fatted calf for an actual celebration. No, what did he do? It was, a regu- it was an actual celebration. Amen. The Lord loves it when we come to him in any situation, whether we have a lot or we have a little. Philippians 4.12 says, I know what it, Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Amen. So what is he saying? When he's in need, he turns to him for strength. When he has plenty, he turns to the Lord for strength. I can do all things. When he's in any situation, it says he's content because he knows he can do all things through, all things through Jesus. Amen. Whether he's well-fed or hungry, he turns to Jesus. No matter what situation he's in, he's always turning to him. Amen. And I think that's a, a good thing for us to, to do. Again, it's easy when, when, you, when life maybe is, um, is really good and things are going really well. You know, we thank the Lord, but then it's easy to, to just start making our own decisions. I don't know if anybody else has ever been there, but just start making your own decisions. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was a bad decision. Oh, that was a bad decision. And kind of forget that, okay, I need to go back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows all things about me. He knows all things about any, anything that's going to happen in my life. Amen. And being able to do that. And we can have confidence that when we turn to Him... We can be content knowing He's always faithful. He's faithful to hear us. Amen? He's already been to our future. He knows what we need. Hallelujah. 
Another thing we want to do is recognize and keep the top of mind how good our Father is. James 1.16 through 17 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he had good plans back in Jeremiah, that means he still has good plans today. Amen. If he had compassion and he healed all who were oppressed and who healed um, and, and loved everybody that he came in contact with when he was on the earth, he's still the same today. He still has compassion on us. He wants to see us live well. Amen. He wants to see us live right. Amen. And holy and, and honor him in everything that we do. Jesus was all about doing good and healing all. Amen. That was his... If there was a if there was a, a tag on Jesus as far as what is his occupation, it was well Jesus does good and heals all, amen. That was what he did, amen. And, and that's what he's doing in our lives today. He does good and he heals us of things that you know it might not be just a physical healing. It might be a relationship healing. It might be a financial healing. It might be whatever it is. But he is here to heal, amen. He's here to supply all your needs and supply the healing that that he actually um, supplied 2,000 years ago when he had 39 stripes on his back. Because Peter says that by his stripes we were healed. Amen. And so now we can just receive the things that he has for us. Another thing that we want to do is we want to trust him completely. And again, in any situations, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And when we serve a God who wants to bless us. Amen. We serve a God who gives us the best of everything. And I think just everybody in, in the world is blessed by what God has done. Think about that. Saved and unsaved, we're all blessed by what God has done in our lives. And and creation, everybody's blessed by creation, whether they know it or not. Whether they believe that there is a, a creator or not. Amen. But when we, when we choose to follow Jesus, the Bible says that he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Amen. There was a version Pastor Dave had this morning too. Um, I can't remember what, what verse it was, but it talked about earthly blessings. So not only do we have every spiritual blessing, blessing but he's blessed with every earthly blessing. Amen. Everything that we could ask or think, the Lord wants us to have. Amen. And again, we're, I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about good relationships and, and um, eternal life and just all the things that we could even possibly think about as according to his will, he wants us to have. Let's go to Numbers 13. Amen. Hallelujah. I think I have I have one and two. I might not have given that up there, though. But Numbers 13, 1 and 2 says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a, le- a leader among them. So again, let's look at, at verse 2 where it says, Send men out to spy the land, which I am giving to the children of Israel. I mean, that was the promise. That was the promise, right? Before they even went to spy out the land, he said, I want you to go and see the land, 
And I really believe the Israelites wanted to, their, their mind frame was, we're going to spy out the land to see if, if we can take it. But I think the Lord wanted them to spy out the land so they could have a good report of, wow, look at all the things are in this land that God has given us and He's provided for us. Amen. And then we'll jump to Numbers 13, 26. And it says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And remember, the, the fruit, they picked the grapevine and they had to carry it between two poles because it was so big. And they told them and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruits. And so they, they kind of got part of the promise. They, they knew that the Lord said it's flowing with milk, milk and honey, right? And then we go down to verse 30. And it says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Wouldn't that have been great if they would have just stopped there? And then it would be like, Yes, let's do that. But no, we go to the next verse and it says, But the men who had gone up, with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report um, of the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devoured those living in it. All the people we saw there were great size. I want to say, we, I just want to make this point. We can squash the best that God has for us in our lives. Amen. We see that, that the Lord had given him this land. He had told him it's flowing with milk and honey. Go, and I'm, I'm going to give it to you. I want you to spy it out. I want you to see all the good things in this land. And a majority of the people said, no, we can't do it. That must not really be his will for us, because did you see the size of these people? Did you see the size of my problem? Did you see the size of my circumstance? Amen. Lord, I know you promised this, but it just it just doesn't look right. Not in the natural. It just doesn't look like this this is gonna happen in my life. But what did what did the Lord He had He had the land for him and they completely squashed what God had for them by their undoing. And I really believe in our lives, you know, there's things that God has, has told us and He said, I want you to go out and reach for that. I want you to grab that. I mean, you can do that. And how many times have, have, have we just said, I don't know, and maybe doubted a little bit, you know, or been afraid to take the risk? Amen. But God wants us to take the blessing that he has for us. He wants to t- us to take his best. Amen. Hallelujah. Numbers 14, 6 through 8. Going down a little bit more, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of um, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the, of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. And you have to love the, the, the courage of Caleb and Joshua here. To go against the crowd, to go against what everybody else was saying, and to say, if the Lord delights in us. Well, we know the Lord delights in us, amen? So it's not a question of if. Hallelujah. In fact, in the New Testament, we can say, the Lord delights in us, 
so he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Amen. He will bring us into this good thing. Whatever your, whatever your land is, amen, whatever your Canaan is, amen, he wants you to pursue it. He wants you to grab hold of it. He's promised you that thing. Amen. I spoke, uh, I think, a couple of years ago when we got our, when we got our house. Um, I, just, I spoke on how uh, the Lord, we were going through all these houses and, and we wanted a house, like an owned house so bad. And so we were looking at some and, and you know, I tried to disguise me trying to go against the will of the Lord by optimism, saying, oh, this isn't too bad, so what, it's, you know, a hole in the ground. It's okay. You know, and so I'm, in my mind I'm thinking, oh, look, I'm being really optimistic. But really I was actually going against what God really had for me. Amen. And, uh, and the Lord gave me this word. He said, why are you looking for Ishmael when I promised you Isaac? And I thought about that. I'm like, whoa. And, you know, really that was... From that moment until through now, whatever it is, cars or work on the house or whatever it is, I always say, Lord, I'm going to be patient. I'm not going to try to push anything through. I'm going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to um, cancel meetings. I'm not going to let it affect my daily life. What, I, want to, I want to go on your timing. And I tell you what, the stress is so much less when we do that. I remember I was... I was so stressed out for about, I don't know, eight months trying to find a house. And um, when I just let go and I said, Lord, I'm just going to, I know you have something for me. I'm not going to try to push it along. I'm going to let it come. i tell you what, then things started working. And I was getting the meetings on my schedule. I was meeting with the bank when uh, the, the time that worked for me. I mean, I was going out. And, and I would look at a house, and I would call the, either the realtor or um, the mortgage officer, and I'd say, um, they'd say, oh, yeah, we can, we can meet. When do you want to meet? I'm like, How, does 8 tonight work? Does 8 p.m. work? You know, I was just pushing so hard. And the Lord really showed me that, that what you're doing is you're trying to get ahead of me. You're trying to get ahead of what I have for you instead of staying right where I want you right now. Amen. And we see that, that in this particular case, the Lord had Canaan all ready for him. He had the land ready for him. They're actually behind where God wanted them, except for Caleb and Joshua. And the Lord does delight, like I said, the Lord delights in us. So we can trust him, amen? We can trust him that he has the best for us, that he has good things in store for us. And we can trust him to do what he says he'll do, Amen? Another thing that, uh, that we want to do is we want to be doers of the word and not just hearers. And I really believe that this is one of the, one of the most important things. And I talked about it this morning actually in um, Fresh Fire about how we don't want to just hear the word, but we want to be doers. And James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and, and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Amen. We can, we can, we can hear messages and powerful things, but until we put them into practice, you know, those things aren't going to come to fruition in our life. Amen. I told the kids this morning that you know, parents love when their kids only have to be asked once to do something in the house. Amen. When, when I ask my kids, you know, can you do this? And they say yes, and then three hours go by and nothing's been done. 
I, I would much rather have it where they, I ask them and they say, just one second. Or they say, how about in a half an hour I'll do it? And I say, okay. And then they go and do it, right? That's how the Lord is with us. And, and we look at Matthew 21, verse 28. And I, I really love this scripture, this um, parable. It says, what do you think? A man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in, the, in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, I assuredly I say to you, the tax collectors and the harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. I know a lot of Christians who, early on in their life, rejected the gospel, didn't want anything to do with the Lord, but maybe later on in life got a revelation of who Jesus was and actually started following him and stayed on fire for him. Amen? And I know a lot of Christians that were born, born again maybe early in life, and after a certain point, the, kind, the flame kind of dying out. And I really I, I look at this story of, of saying, yep, I'll do it, and then relenting and saying and, and just not getting it done, rather than the first son who said, no, I don't want to do that. You know, it's kind of like, no, I, I don't want Jesus right now. I don't want what he has. But then coming to him, amen, and being on fire for him and doing what the Lord has said. And the Lord loves obedience. Amen. And so if we go to Isaiah 113 in the Amplified, says, do not bring worthless offerings again. Your incense is repulsive to me. This is, now, these are strong words. I mean, in the Amplified, these are some strong words that he uses. Um, your incense is repulsive to me. Your new moon and Sabbath observances, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure your wickedness, your sin, your injustice, your wrongdoing, and the squalor of the festival assembly. And then we jump down to verse 18, and it says, uh, Isaiah 1, verse 18, Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. Amen. So, our obedience is, is more than our sacrifice. Amen. We want to be obedient before... Um, before... Um, or instead of just sacrifice, 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 sacrifice. Pastor Dave again talked about this morning John G. Lake. Amen. And how much he sacrificed. He'd go get groceries and, and you know, he was sacrificing his food for his family. But he wasn't being obedient, was he? And one thing that's, that's great about him is, is he did learn later on that, okay, no, that, I can't do that. He started to be obedient to the Lord. Amen. About his family was his first ministry. Amen. And so if we're obedient to the Lord, I mean, the sacrifices kind of just follow along. If we're obedient, we're sacrificing. But if we're sacrificing, we're not necessarily obedient. Amen. We don't want to bring an empty sacrifice to the Lord. Amen. We don't want to just do something because it's part of our ritual. It's a part of our custom. We want to do it because we're doing it unto the Lord. Amen. 
there's a phrase, do things as if they're being done under the Lord. Well, we don't want to just do them as if they're being done. We want to do them because they're being done unto the Lord. Amen? When I'm doing anything, I want to make sure that I'm not just like, okay, well, I better do it as if I'm doing it to the Lord. No, I'm actually doing it unto the Lord. Amen? Whether it's, you know, um, teaching or being in the office or at home when I'm with my family, I want to do things because the Lord likes when I do good things. He likes when I excuse me, spend time with my wife. He likes when I spend time with my family. He likes when I do these things. Amen? He likes when I spend time with him, not out of obligation, because I, but because I want to spend time with him. Amen? An empty sacrifice means that we don't give our best effort, and it means that we hold back portions for ourselves. When we don't give our best effort, we aren't setting ourselves up to receive his best. Amen? And... All these things, when we want to receive the fullness, when we want to receive all the good things and all the blessings that God has for us, I believe the things that we mentioned are things that we need to do. We need to love people. We need to be obedient. We need to trust in Him. Amen. All these things, and they're all practical. They're spiritual, but they're natural too. Amen. We trust the Lord. We do things, amen, so that we can set ourselves up for success. We we um, spend time with him so we can get to know him more. Amen. If I, have a, if I have a best friend, but I don't know anything about him, is he my best friend? Probably not. But if I have a best friend and I know everything about him, you know, my wife, if I know everything about her, we're really close. That's how close I want to be with Jesus. Amen. I want to know everything about his goodness, how sweet he is, what he wants for me. Amen. What, you know, I want to know what's a sweet aroma to him in heaven. I want to know that he listens to me when I call on him. Hallelujah. And that we do that by spending time with him. We'll never be perfect, but we can give a perfect effort. Amen. Say yes to Jesus and what he calls you to do and then be obedient to that calling. Amen. And he's called us to do these things. He's called us to love people. Okay. Be obedient to that calling. He's called us to trust in Him. Okay, let's be obedient to that calling. Amen. He's called us to go out to all the world and preach the gospel. Let's be obedient to that calling. Hallelujah. By loving Jesus and people and proclaiming the gospel. Amen. But we have to be willing to want the best. We need to want to want the best. Hallelujah. He's ready to give it, though. Most people are fine with settling for good enough. I think you see a lot of Christians that are fine with settling for for good enough. I'm, I'm saved, but there's things that I want to make money and I want to do this and that. Well, the Bible says that he wants us to be hot or cold. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. Amen. Jesus doesn't want us to be lukewarm Christians. Coming to church, you know, um, on a Sunday and, and leaving empty and not listening and not hearing what the, what the Lord is saying. You know, I've, I tell you what, you can listen to, to virtually any sermon and get at least something from the sermon. No matter how bad the speaker is, (laughs) or no matter how good the speaker is, or no matter how much words in the message, or, you know, whatever, how much doctrine's in the message, you can get something out if you just listen. Because, again, the Holy Spirit is always talking to us. He's always ministering to us. Amen. And He always wants us to get something. Amen. I want the best that God has for me. I want... I want the absolute best. Anything 
that he's will, he wants to give me, I want to receive. Amen. I want goodness and mercy to follow me. Amen. I want signs and wonders and miracles to follow my ministry. But more importantly than anything else, I just want a good relationship with Jesus. Amen. And all these things that we talked about, loving people, being obedient, that's what really, that's what that accomplishes. Amen. When we love him unconditionally and love people unconditionally, when we're obedient to him, when we trust in him, all it, what it does, it gets us closer to Jesus. Amen. Bible says, Paul says last, um, just a couple more here, a couple more things here, but Paul says that it is not I that who live, but Christ who lives in me. I want it to be so that when I, when I walk and I, when I do things, that it looks like Jesus. Amen. I want to be that close to him. And, uh, I just, you know, that's what he's called us to do. He wants us, he wants to have a relationship. That's from the beginning, that's why he created us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to know us. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for how good you are, or that we can have an intimate relationship with you, or that we can have a passionate relationship with you and know everything about you, because you know everything about us. So we thank you that we can trust you in every aspect of our life. We can trust you even when we have when we have a lot and when we have a little. Lord, and right now I just thank you for um, for all the all the benefits that you load us with daily. I thank you for all the blessings that you've given us, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you for everybody here, Lord, to evaluate their relationship with you. Lord, some may have good relationships with you. Some might have poor relationships with you, Lord. But we let you meet us where we're at. So I thank you that you're meeting people where they're at today. Lord, that we can continue to study your word and, and have a, a even bigger knowledge of you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We thank you for everything you do for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you guys thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If anybody needs prayer, you can come up. Um, but I just bless you in Jesus' name. Pray for a great week. And uh, you are dismissed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.